like a guy with a lot of energy. I'm making you mission specialist number one, equipment function and operation. Hi, Andy, I'm Tish. Tish Ambrose. Yeah, so what brings you to space camp, Tish? Well, I did this audit at JPL and radio astronomy. It was unbelievable. I mean, can you imagine an extraterrestrial disc jockey? Like listening to radio waves from space? I'm gonna make you mission specialist number two. Communications. Oh, cool. Max, the next mission is to haul ass back to junior camp right now. Oh, come on, Andy. I've been a junior two summers running. Don't kick me out. Okay, one screw up and you're back in the little leagues. Got it? Hideo Takamini. Hideo Takamini? Right here. Hideo Takamini? Well, actually, it's pronounced Kevin Donaldson. I don't have a Donaldson. Well, I have one now. In space, anything is possible. That's a quote from this week's movie, which stretches that theory as far as it can go. This is the Pool Scene Podcast, and it is our season 13 finale. I'm Kevin, joined on this mission by Jim. Hey, now. Nice, I like that. We're taking a trip to space camp. That's right. Specifically, the 1986 space camp. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say the 1986 summer blow. No, not all. <laughs> no, it's 1986 movie space, space camp. camp directed by Harry Weiner. Wait, Kevin, you were going to say space camp. One word. Big S, yes. big C, one word. Space camp. No space. <laughs> no space, space camp. and space camp. <laughs> We got him! <laughs> Weiner directed some assorted television episodes, but also directed a 1996 movie I like called House Arrest, which stars Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Pollack, Jennifer Tilly, Christopher McDonald, Wallace Shawn, Ray Walston, and Jennifer Love Hewitt. Takes place in Defiance, Ohio. But we are not here to talk about House Arrest. We are here to talk about Space Arrest, which is sort of what you would call a bunch of kids getting accidentally trapped in space space arrest space arrest and you're under space arrest you're gonna be sent to fight horn and horn is champion horn should have been in this one for sure why they just show up and get the fucking horn they get to uh what's the space they get the daedalus yeah and they can't get the oxygen because horn's just sitting there horn owns daedalus i am horn and i am daedalus I love horn. This film will forever be remembered as a marketing nightmare. And then it was released less than five months after the space shuttle challenger accident that killed seven crew members, 73 seconds into flight. This film space camp was completely finished prior to challenger, but releasing the movie after the challenger accident was inconsiderate in a number of ways. Yeah. And like, to me, even in a lazy way, it's like challenger seven trained astronauts died but then like this movie is like yeah those astronauts died but like these kids could totally survive their kids are okay so the working theory from critics and detractors is that the filmmakers were trying to capitalize off the tragedy that's up for debate i mean you either cancel the movie you wait you put it in the can for a couple of years and release it later. My big thing is they had to have, well, they had to have thought this out. Could you imagine though, if it was the challenger in the movie, they would have had to have canceled it. Yeah. For You're sure. 
sure. not going to let it go on. These kids ended up, I guess you would call this an accident by chance, thanks to a robot, on the space shuttle Challenger stuck in space. Yeah. Fuck. How'd you know about Max, James? James and Max, Jesus Christ. Well, you know what's weird, too? This is Lee Thompson's next movie after Back to the Future. Imagine if they would have played their cards right. If, well, that's physically impossible. But imagine if, like, they would have released this on the heels of... Because, like, sometimes that happens. You put a yeah. movie in the can, you sit on it because it's it's terrible or because of whatever reason. Then one of the actors you cast in your movie blows up for one reason or another. And then, then you release the movie. But in this case, no. They, well, I, I can say, with this movie, seeing this when I was, like, five years old, I really really wanted to go to space camp. Like after I saw this movie, holy shit, I could end up in space. Send me to Alabama. The only way I would ever, ever want to go to Alabama is to go to space camp. We have a friend who went to space camp. So shout out to them. Oh, that's right. We did. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he uh, didn't go to space though. He did not. He did not accidentally get launched into space. Yeah. So what is up, not up for debate, is that this movie's production did not go well. On the first day of shooting, they were already 10 days behind schedule. The planned three-month shoot became six months. And Leah Thompson said that the cast and crew had t-shirts printed that said, Space Cramp, it's not just a movie, it's a career. I need that shirt. Yes, that's awesome. Space Cramp also sounds like what Dr. Steve Brule would call this movie. Going to Space Cramp. Jim, cursed production released on the heels of a tragedy. How did that work out? Please give us budget box office news and number ones at time of release. I bet you all could guess. From WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the Space Camp, no space, Space Camp, 6686 is the release date. Here's the thing. The budget on here variates. There's two different sources. There's either an $18 million budget or a $25 million budget. I'm going to go with the assumption that initially it was an $18 million budget, but there were delays, as Kevin noted, that put it to $25 million. And guess what, everybody? It made a whopping $9 million. That's it. So needless to say, Challenger did not help. So it probably would have made more money if it had Horn in it. I am Horn. I am champion. And... <laughs> would have made more Honestly, than that. when we drafted when Seth was on last time and we drafted our hockey teams I wish I would have put Horn on my hockey team how great would that have been because he's champion he's champion you win automatically everything. we need a Horn hockey like movie or a game Mighty Ducks 4 Horn we, we need a, uh, somebody to make us custom Horn action figure D4 for Horn Dan O'Brown somebody out there we need a fucking greatest thing ever off to your tech news or I notice some kids now don't call it tech they call it tech so T-E-C-H that's not real tech. right it's not okay. but why wouldn't it be kids use the word I learned this from some of the new kids I work with. New kids on the block. I wish. They use the term gas for yeah. something really cool gas. There's another term called riz. Like, yeah. that dude's got riz. Yep. So I, like, tell my buddy, like, hey, dude, this food's gas, full riz, no cap. Yeah. So I'm trying to learn these fucking riz, terms. Riz is like what we would call game. It's like, like you know. Here's the thing. And this is making me sound old as shit. Can we just say, hey, man, you got game. What's wrong with that? So you're telling me if they come out with a sequel to He Got Game, it's going, he got riz. Well, that's a different kind of game. 
game. I mean, like game, like. Well, I know I'm not talking like, basketball. Yeah, like you can go hit on some girls. You got Riz. You pull it off, and then if you pull it off, you will have jizz. So, <laughs> RCA releases the final capacitance electronic disc CED. I have a CED player, folks. I'm fucking cool. It's the RCA video disc player, the remarkable machine that plays records of movies, concerts, and more on your TV. And to help you be one of the first to own one, RCA is offering a $50 introductory bonus. Buy one now and you'll get $50 direct from RCA. What's more, a special 10-day money-back offer is available at selected RCA dealers. But hurry, you may never have a better chance. CBS and Fox Video's release of The Jewel of the Nile also released at the same time, but only for RCA employees only. That's it. If you work for RCA, you got this. They were entitled to a disc memory of video discs. So it was literally the history of video discs, which was a collection of photos, milestones, and a factory tour. This was not released for consumers, as is considered one of the rarest discs of the CED video disc library. So this is heavily sought after from CED files. If you can find it, it ain't cheap. But one thing you can find are videos in 1986 at National Video. So before Jim gets into national video, we both have a case of what I call wing throat right now. We're struggling. We just ate wings and fries and mozzarella sticks. And I had a cola and it was one of those good colas that just tastes perfect right out of that bag. It's getting sucked out of where it's like almost at the level of like, like Eddie's grill cola. But now I'm kind of belchy and I got wing throat. So bear with me. Here are your top videos in national video. We've covered this one. Summer rental. Monkey, good that one, National Lampoon's European Vacation for the Titties, the Goonies, and of course, the aforementioned Back to the Future. Hell, if you didn't want to rent it, you can own it for $74.95. What the fuck, people? God. In the video game news, Super Mario Brothers is your number one video game for the recently released NES, the Nintendo Entertainment the City. Recently diseased Nintendo yeah. Entertainment System. The one thing I don't get, I don't like, and it kind of annoys me when people say NES and SNES. I hate it. SNES is the worst. It's like NES. shoot them up, you say shmup. I almost live with it, but SNES. SNES. I fucking hate it. It's so, it's very annoying. However, Nintendo in Japan, well, they wanted to release it here, releases Super Mario Brothers The Lost Levels as the sequel to Super Mario Brothers. The game was not released here partially because it was deemed too difficult. You've played Lost Levels, right? Yeah. Fucking insane. It's a very challenging Mario Somebody game. just made the joke that the uh, movie sequel is not going to be released in America because the it's just too hard for the audience <laughs> to understand. Did you like the new Super Mario Brothers yeah, movie? Fine. It was fine. I it, think there was enough stuff. It was for my kids. We're but on I, your fine scale. Uh, fine, fine. I think okay. it was um, it was for my kids, but it was enough shit to keep me stimulated. I will. Enough Easter eggs. Oh, there's and, like, so many Easter eggs. Plot and stuff. Like it, it was enjoyable, but I wasn't like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. No, not at all. I think it was good. But yeah, great for my kids. Fine for me. One thing that wasn't on your fine, fine level scale. Pravda announces high level Chernobyl staff fired for stupidity. No shit, Sherlock. Not fine. One of the guys posted on the fucking message board at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. I love you, Pripyat. Forgive me. Okay, you're forgiven because you're a fucking idiot. Can't suck at certain jobs. The one thing you better never suck at is divorce because the Irish population, the entirety of Ireland can condemns it in the news they came out and said we condemn divorce 
the government? The population of Ireland. I don't oh. know if it's Northern Ireland. They finally came together and said, you know what? Divorce. Fuck it. They knocked on a lot of doors. They were like, divorce for it? Nah. 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 But at least we got Playboy now. If you remember news from a couple weeks ago, they're jerking away and they go, ah, we're good, you bloody bastard. On to sports. Georgie. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. 1985 Heisman Trophy winner Bo Jackson signs a three-year contract to play baseball with the Kansas City Royals. And you guys can remember, Bo knew everything in that motherfucker doing that one catch, running across. See, this is what happens when you get wing mouth. I almost said wanting to cross. When he (laughs) ran across the wall and he caught the ball, it was amazing. Hi, Mumlin the Richmond. My next one. Try to talk to this without wing throat. American tennis player and white shocks Wimbledon. By wearing a white one-piece Lycra bodysuit, I am fucking disgusted oh, no. against Pam Shriver, her first round opponent. But after a rain break, she wore a regular outfit. I'm sorry. That's wussing out. You get your ass out there in your white leotard yeah. and you show those Brits who's fucking boss and who runs Barter Town Master Blaster. That's right. Not a good tennis player, Master Blaster. Kevin, you will know this. The FIFA World Cup final live in Estadio Azteca, Mexico City. Argentina beats West Germany 3-2 to two in front of 114,600 onlookers. However, everybody remembers the 1986 tournament for Diego Maradona's Hand of God. God yep, goal. God goal. He fucking punched the ball <laughs> next to his head. Not unlike Super Mario punching a brick. Pretty much the he, same thing. He puts his, his fist next to his head, punches the ball in the goal. Maradona challenged Shilton and punched the ball into the net. The English players screamed for handball. Everyone had seen the infringement except Tunisian referee Benakua. No VAR back then. No. Couldn't review, hey, he actually punched the ball. Even with bad CRT, you could yeah. tell that fucker handballed He it. punched it. it. He's straight on That down. is, I mean, U.S. had the same thing with that 2006 against, who is that? U.S. team, same thing. They yeah. fucking handball. But anyway, the Maradona goal, it would have been an automatic red card if they had caught it. So yeah. it went from being what should have been an automatic ejection and instead was a, a game-winning goal. Oh, yeah. It was pretty fucked Which up. Which made a dude a hero forever that he was able to live his cocaine-fueled lifestyle. Hey, you know what? Good on him getting that cocaine in you. <laughs> I can't fucking talk. I love it. Cocaine. Yeah. I'm leaving this in. I don't give a shit. I think it's hilarious. So welcome to the world birthday time here in 1986. Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, welcome to the world. Also, welcome to the world. Welcome to Earth. Shia LaBeouf, a.k.a. Charles Crandall. And welcome to the world. Cat Dennings. Okay. Hello. Welcome. Happy birthday. The number one movie in America. Top Gun. We covered it. Kevin and I went through this. We've covered a lot of 1986 movies. Oh, we're going to talk about it a little bit more later. Yeah, it's going to be great. And your number one song in America. I don't know why this never clicked in my head at all because out of all her songs, don't remember this. It was number one for one week. Live to Tell by Madonna. Not no idea. No. As I'm editing this, I'll probably go, oh, that one. But right now, have no idea. I've never heard of this Madonna song. But that's all that was going on in June 1986. Hello, Jinx. How can Nessa help you? 
There is no max listed in astronaut program. There is now. Reading some of the taglines for Space Camp now all seem so fucking insensitive in relation to being five months after Challenger. Like, I almost relate these taglines as them talking about Challenger. For example, an impossible mistake put them into space. The adventure of their lives will be getting back home. No. And it started as a dream. It became a fantastic adventure. And especially space camp is supposed to be a summer of fun and training and fun. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Summer of fun and training and fun. It's redundant. But for them, it became a frightening journey into space and a challenge to get back alive. You fucking asshole. They put challenge. They should have changed the word challenge and a challenge to get back alive. They knew what they were doing. They did. They knew exactly what they were doing. A great fun space adventure and before we move on to the best of my knowledge this movie isn't streaming anywhere for free i have two copies on vhs so i put in my first copy give me a lot of trouble with like the tracking so i pull it out it actually has some mold on the tape you better clean those heads yeah, so take care of uh your tapes kids um so i put in the other copy and i notice a disclaimer saying now made even better for families and through an exclusive arrangement with abc feature films for families has made this fine motion picture suitable for all ages. So my, I may have missed all sorts of raunchy stuff like I don't remember when Max fucks the robot. I've like, never seen that scene where Tish started fucking Catherine. Yeah, exactly. Like I, There wasn't a shit. There might have been a shit. Holy shit. Shit. Solid waste aboard space station can be handled in one of two ways. Jeez, First jeez, and there may have been like one curse word. Well, I missed that because yeah. I had to watch the family version. <laughs> family version of Space Kids. Was that yeah. the one with the weird blue cover? Yeah. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. Okay, let's launch into the plot of this fine motion picture. Our main characters, 12-year-old Max, and then teenagers Catherine, Kevin, Rudy, and Tish are attending Space Camp in Huntsville, Alabama. Space Camp is a totally real thing. In the movie, as in real life, you go to space camp, learn about NASA, perform some basic astronaut training. Our five kids meet their instructor, Andy. Four years ago, space camp was created not only to provide you with hands-on access to space hardware, but also to teach you how to work together as a team. Hi, I'm Andy Bergstrom. You're an astronaut, first female pilot. Yeah, how did you know that? I've read all about you in the Young Astronauts program. I mean, let's see, you were the backup pilot for the first Discovery flight. The coach got it instead? Yeah, I remember. What are you doing here? She's got like a little bit of a chip on her shoulder because she's waiting for her call to be assigned to a space mission. Meanwhile, her husband, Zach, who happens to be the camp director, has walked the fuck out of the moon. One of the first things 12-year-old Max does at space camp is becomes friends with, well, actually, Max has been to space camp before, right? Junior space camp, like twice. He's never been, but he he has a pre-existing relationship with Jinx the robot. And Andy. And Andy, because she knows him. Jinx was designed to go to space, the robot, but in addition to having issues with overheating, I would hope I'm not talking about Max. He overheats. He can't go to space. Too hot. Uh, Jinx overheats. Prototype maintenance droid. NASA broke him for the space station. When's he going up? He's not. They blew it on his shielding. His chips become unpredictable in about two hours. He's such a complex piece of machinery. NASA hasn't been able to iron out all the bugs. So he helps out here and at Kennedy. Jinx! <laughs> You made it extraterrestrial. 
No, he's the world's only $27 million handyman. But he also takes commands too literally. So Max and Jinx declare to be friends forever. It's the dumbest smart fucking robot ever. Friends forever with you everywhere. Friends forever always will be friends. And they did that shit five years before Saved by the Bell and Zach Attack. Catherine wants to be the first woman shuttle commander, so she naturally gets pissed when Andy gives that role to Kevin. A.K.A. Hideo Takamini. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He steals a car. I love it. It literally says Hideo Takamini. Yeah, she says Hideo Takamini. You know, it's pronounced Kevin Donaldson. Kevin wants to command Catherine's shuttle, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Magic joke. Rudy's on some bullshit. He wants to open the first fast food franchise on the moon or in space, whatever Whatever. it is. What are you even doing here, Pat? Tish is a valley girl, but she's a real Duncan Penderhues, a genius with a photographic memory, minus the Blade Brown and Dougie Doug. Catherine and Kevin. This movie needed a Blade Brown. It really did. I'm going to fuck that space shuttle up. He accidentally. Yo, I thought you were going to play with my shuttle. Hey, yo, Demita, I thought you were going to play with my frog. Yeah. That'd be great if somebody like accidentally ended up in space camp. Um, you know, they, they were supposed to send a bus to like juvenile delinquent camp and instead they sent him to space camp. I'm a fucking idiot. Catherine and Kevin sneak off so he can launch his D into her landing pad, but they get caught because Jinx the robot's a snitch. Kevin takes out his anger on Max. I'm not Han Solo, okay? And you're not Luke Skywalker. There's no empire and there's no force and there's no dark side, okay? You're just an ordinary kid, and so am I, and maybe nobody ever lives happily ever after, all right? So just, just stay away from me. Far away. Which upsets Max, who says, I wish I was in space. Well, I was asking, my girlfriend never saw this. I've always wondered, after Kevin reads him the riot act and said, I want you to stay away from me, far away. Max goes, wanders off. I never understood what he said, because it sounded like a form, show far away, show far away. I was like, is that a language? Is he speaking in tongues? Show far away, Silencia. Exactly. That's what he says. That was his silencia. Um, Jinx, the snitch ass robot bitch, overhears. <laughs> and guess what happens to robot snitches? <laughs> they get acid, bitch. Joe Pesci shows up. You think you're fucking funny? He overhears this and he, he re- remember, he takes things way too literally. So during a routine engine test where the camper's getting to sit in an actual shuttle, Jinx triggers a thermal curtain failure from the computer room, causing one of the shuttle's boosters to ignite. In order to avoid a crash, they have to ignite the second booster and launch the shuttle. I can't wait to get the logic. I know. It's crazy. It's great. Here's a perfect opportunity to tell you a tremendous issue that cannot wait until logic. The shuttle is not flight ready, doesn't have a working radio, doesn't have enough oxygen to last for re-entry. Zach. Yeah. We have to find an early re-entry. Why? What's the problem? The shuttle wasn't flight ready. They won't be alive in 12 hours. One tank of oxygen. Uh, Andy. Yeah? How long will one tank last? Twelve hours. That's not enough. We'll need more for re-entry. At least another hour. 
Andy guides the shuttle to a partially constructed space station to retrieve stored oxygen. Because they were like, Daedalus isn't done. And she's like, but the oxygen is. I mean, Daedalus. Whatever the fuck. I don't give a shit. Horn runs it. Horn runs it. I am Horn. I am champion. At the space station, Max and Andy uh, managed to retrieve the oxygen containers. Yeah. While trying to figure out how to feed the oxygen into the shuttle's tanks, one of the tanks malfunctions, or we can blame Max, injuring Andy, who is the only one who actually knows what she's doing. Ground control begins an autopilot sequence to land the shuttle, but they're unaware, basically when they override the controls, that Andy's outside the shuttle. Andy, you're almost in. Pull faster, <laughs> asshole. Yeah, so ever so dramatically, she tells them to leave her. Kevin overrides the autopilot. All right, Moody, open the cargo bay doors. Tish unstilled the medical kit. Max, Max? Yeah? Can you copy? All right, now listen, we're gonna open the doors, bring Andy in, and this time use the foot restraints, okay? Hang in there, buddies. Max rescues Andy. They miss the re-entry window for Edwards Air Force Base. Which, well, even before that, Catherine had the moment. Which the science is, is confusing to me for, like, re-entry the windows. Win See, I don't, we don't understand this. It, so I, I kind of get it. So the Earth spins. Yeah. So you have to aim for a certain area at a certain time. To hit that spot. Or else it passes. Yeah. So like you're not gonna land where you want to land. Yeah. Basically, like if you I don't know spin something on the floor and drop like a penny on it, it's not gonna land. You know. I think it'd be funny if they totally didn't know White Sands. Like we're just landing in Honolulu. Yeah. We gotta put it somewhere. Right. So the mystery entry window for Edwards. They make the decision to land at White Sands, New Mexico. I was looking outside and uh, wondering, is Edwards the only place where we can land this thing? I don't know. Is it? I, I mean, know. it seems a. Uh, I remember reading something about the shuttle landing in White Plains or something. White Plains, Rudy, come on. It's in the middle of New York. White Sands. White Sands, New Mexico. Columbia of 82 landed there because the strip at Edwards was too wet. It was a big emergency. Also, if we could make the window to White Sands, we can land there. Tish, get going. Make them hear us. All right. Rudy, I love you. Check out the coordinates, OK? Max, take care of Andy for me. Let's see if we can navigate this bird ourselves, guys. Tish uses Morse code to notify NASA of the landing. They safely land at White Sands with Catherine at the helm, fulfilling her dream. So, no, I mean, just it kind of just ends there. The ending sucks. Yeah, like, I want to no, see them nothing. come off the shuttle. You want the Top Gun scene. Yes. Where they land on the aircraft carrier. Bullshit, you they can all, be mine anytime. They, they hang out, they high five, everybody celebrates. We should see a lot more of that celebration. Them getting back to NASA. Not just stock shuttle landing footage. Tom Skerritt hugging his yeah, wife. Andy. I mean, she has a shattered arm, broken ribs. She should be dead. Yeah, She's right. okay. So, okay, let's get in characters. Kate Capshaw as Andy Bergstrom. Looking good. Tom Skerritt as Zach Bergstrom. Leah Thompson as Catherine Fairley. Again, coming directly off of Back to the Future. Lorraine McFly. Yep. Tate Donovan as Kevin Donaldson. Larry B. Scott, awesome, as Rudy Tyler. Kelly Preston as Tish. Ambrose. Ambrose. Lee Phoenix which is Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix and Frank Welker is the voice of Jinx. That's it. That's our cast. Frank Welker did the voice of everything. He did. He throughout the 80s, he did the voice of every single thing that needed a voice other him and Howie Mandel, which actor actress gives a passable performance as any non-lead character still seems. I said while we were eating Wungs that by far the MVP of this is Tish Ambrose because her photographic memory saved everybody on the space shuttle Atlantis because somehow, some way, somewhere she went down the old school, not Wikipedia rabbit hole kid. She went down the Encyclopedia Britannica rabbit hole and knew how to do Morse code. Like how you said they have that telemetry stuff mm -hmm. and like they could read all our instruments. Right. Well, I was thinking, 
Or maybe I was just like inspired by the view and all, but whoa. Is that India we're coming Tish. up on? What idea? Oh, oh yeah, well, code. The CXT switch? You mean Morse code? Yeah, I read a book on it once. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> Go get on the switches. Good idea, Tish. Even though everybody at NASA, for some reason, there are kids in space. You're not going to walk by that panel and go, why is that not flashing? Yeah. So she knew Morse code. She ended up saving the entire crew. Thank you, Tish. Kelly Preston, a.k.a. John Travolta's wife. Rest in peace. You looked gorgeous, my dear. Kelly Preston's not alive. She passed. Look it up real quick. I'm pretty sure she passed like two or three years ago. I think she had a brain tumor. Oh, man. That's, yeah. that's a bummer. She did. She died in July of 2020. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's a bummer. I, I agree. I'm with you. I like I love Tish. I like Tish. I think she's awesome. That uh, character was so great because you had that 80s stereotype of every Valley girl had to be like, oh, my God, I'm dumb, but I'm so cute. She's adorable. She is a Valley girl, but she's smarter than a fucking Encyclopedia Britannica. Hell yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So, yeah, I like Larry B. Scott and like everything. Oh, he's the best. But uh, in this, I mean, he's a little hammy. Yeah. Like, can you, you don't need to eat everything all the time. Like when he's trying to tell you about Rudy T's. I want to be the first guy to have a fast food franchise in space. Rudy T's. Are you serious? Yeah. Some guy in the space station is going to get a Big Mac attack. Rudy T's going to be there. I had to laugh when he introduces himself to Andy and he's like, Rudy Tyler, ma'am. Spit it out, Rudy. Yeah. Rudy Tyler, ma'am. And then he takes his gum and spits out and then throws it right at her foot. Yeah. I think it's the greatest, man. All right, let's move to best scenes. And Jim, I'm going to kick it over and let you give us your first. Right off the bat, Kevin, a.k.a. Hideo Takamini and Catherine are vying for the role of shuttle commander. Okay, I have two positions left, pilot and shuttle commander. Kevin, why don't you tell me why you'd like to be shuttle commander? I wouldn't, no. Actually, I was thinking more along the lines of mission regent or um, sovereign, maybe? Something like that. Mm. <laughs> Catherine, what about you? I know a lot about the space program, and I'm going into the Air Force Academy. Mm -hmm. And I want to be the first female shuttle commander. You think that's more important than pilot? Oh, yeah. It's okay. Uh, it's a matter of habit because I don't, I don't really care. Andy, it's literally both of them. He's like, Kevin, why do you want to be shuttle commander? Nah, I, I really don't. He doesn't. Uh, I just like, he doesn't want to be there. His parents have forced him there. So he's like, I'm just a slacker. I, mean, I, I get it. Cause like Catherine wants it more than anything. Oh, she, she like knows everything there is to know about NASA. Yeah. She wants it. Kevin's like, I don't want it. But uh, and that's why Andy gives it to him. Yeah. Because like she needs to teach him a lesson about responsibility. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Catherine she, gets the pilot. Catherine gets pilot, right? And she detests it. But I just love his like, yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> she can be because I, I really don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah. Like his parents have probably spent thousands for him to be there. He's like, I'm just fucking here. I don't care. Yeah. Nice boosters. Yeah. So I have the uh, the astronaut training montage. Not very long into the movie. By the time you leave space camp, you will know the function of every circuit on the shuttle. You may never get the chance to fly in it, but it won't be because you don't know how. If you ever get to be astronauts, you're going to thank us for making you wear these jumpsuits because they provide ease of movement and additional storage space in orbit. The cushions of air the zero gravity chair rides on helps you simulate the weightlessness you'd experience during EVA, extravehicular activity. That's the work you'd be doing outside the shuttle. To work in space,
space, you have to know how to move it. Don't push off, Tish. Nothing will stop you unless you're acted upon by an outside force. And it all culminates with Catherine trying to stabilize that machine. So like almost like what I call like the Ventruvian man machine with the rings. And she has to like pull on the lever to try and stabilize herself. And they're counting it down from 10. And she's like, if you would have let me keep going, I would have got it. It's like, why'd you stop? I would have gotten another minute. You would have been burnt up on the entry. Right. But you have like a very a real finite. deadline because if you don't stabilize it by the time you cross like a threshold, you're dead. You're dead. And you're Andy like, likes to bring that up a lot with everything. You're dead. Yeah, you're, you're dead. 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 So the payoff obviously here is when they, uh, upon re-entry in the end, again, spoiler, they go to space uh, for real. They're in a flat spin and she has to regain control. So I kind of think this would tear the shuttle apart. It probably would, but they have yeah. to regain control from the flat spin in order to me make re-entry which imagine after pulling all those maneuvers and surviving and then like literally she's a 16 year old kid like right outside the atmosphere i thank god this was the original ending because could you imagine if those kids died like after oh, like no. we can never release this movie it's dead and gone so my next one thermal curtain failure max on shuttle during engine test how do we change engine test into Define thermal curtain failure. Failure of heat shield during engine test. Only one booster will ignite. Resolve forced launch. Light launch. If you do not light the second booster and launch, the shuttle will lift off and crash. That is unacceptable. To avoid worst case scenario, second booster must be ignited. Resolve perfect launch. Will happen one time every 4.9 million years first off what kind of calculation is that every one time every 4.9 million who's doing the space shuttle shit four million years from now nobody is we're not even doing it now i like the fact that we have it's almost a logic point i'll throw it in here jinx they call a 27 million dollar handyman jinx is literally hanging up on a fucking display rack and then he's just roving around this robot has access to every nasa program he talks to the computer he's able to launch a thing figure out the only way i can get max into space because he's sad and I want to cheer him up is thermal curtain failure. Yeah. You put them in a, an ungainable position, they have to launch the A booster oh, in yeah. order to and go Tom's, to space. Tom's Garrett's so like, matter of fact, he's just like, they're, they're going to die. Do it or do they it. die. Yeah. Booster B is near ignition. It's going to light. Zach, we're not authorized. Lighters are they gonna die? Ignite booster A. So what happened to guys go, no. Yeah. <laughs> that happened. Shuttle's more important in their lives. Sorry, uh, fuck them. Yeah, the accident launch is great because like before this, when they're doing the, t- they're all so, they're fucking around. It's like school kids with a yeah. substitute teacher. Not paying attention in simulators. And Kevin's joking about dying yeah. because he's like, they've already burned up. They all are blaming it on each other. And then. That seems hilarious though. Cause yeah. he's sitting, he's like, ooh, ooh, yeah. And then Max is outside the plane on the arm. First off, he's not that high up and he's barely moving. And he's like, somebody get me down. I'm going to be sick. And what then, are you not? And then Tish and Rudy are arguing over some like radio fuse they pulled or something. 
So then Kevin's Catherine, the best. Catherine gets out of her, her pilot seat to go to help them to interject. And then Kevin, yeah, Kevin's fucking around. I mean, they're all taking it just like, you know, they're going to launch into space at this point. Like if you didn't know, <laughs> you know, they're heading towards something because Catherine's not at her seat right now. But if I can take a message, she'll yeah, be right back with you. They're all messing around. And then of course, so then like Jim said, the, the accidental launch is great because they're like real excited to be in the real shuttle. First off, during the engine launch, launch they act as if they are launching yeah they're not feeling everything like ah, oh my god ah. yeah they they basically lift off for a mission they're not prepared for not at all and they're just they're just fine and somehow Catherine couldn't get in her seat yeah i'm skeptical about this hey we're no astronauts we're not even cosmonauts so Catherine, once it launches she's not secure in her well, seat and she's just held back there but then andy's like it's only three g's there's no way in hell that it's only three g's that can be like eight it's the whole things just so funny because it's like yeah when she's calling out the g's and it's like i i don't think they did any like g-force training no so they wouldn't be able to survive the g's and then two when she's getting pissed at kevin because he doesn't know the buttons yeah. she's like you have to launch the what the uh, fuck you want me to do yeah, and he's like i don't know i don't know how to do this. he's like i faked it like he doesn't know what to do it's like she's like it's on panel b what, what the fuck is that What's on panel b like the shit plan b i'm 17 yeah. my last one i'll mention is when all the kids Kids are fucking with Jinx. Oh man, you mean he literally does what he's told. Hey Jinx, move over here, buddy. Right, Jinx. Hey Jinx, come over here. Hey Jinx. Yeah. All the things you're gonna tell that robot. One of the first thing I'd be like, hey Jinx, let me see your dick. <laughs> No, like, hey, Jinx, come over here, come here. Whip it out, Jinx. Jinx, do some breakdancing. Jinx, kick something. Like, they're, like, yelling at him. And then Jinx kind of just, like, does the uh, does not compute and then kind of just, like, collapses, collapses basically. And meanwhile, uh, Max is like, stop it. You're hurting him. <laughs> like, don't. Well, quickly, let's talk about Max. This fucking kid cannot give Star Wars a break throughout the whole thing. I love when Kevin lays into him. He's like, there's no luke skywalker yeah. there's no force and he's just trying to fucking tell him but then yeah. the redemption angle is when max is trying to help andy he does the worst british accent yeah. luke luke use the force luke stretch out your feelings the force is always with you luke <sighs> Use the force. He does this like use use the force. And like what the fuck is like he's almost fucking a mic. Max, use the force. Stretch out your feelings. The force will always be with you. Uh, that is that? It's not Alec Guinness um, at all. You know, I I think, and we'll get into this later. Max's parents probably could have sued everyone at NASA, right? Because like, honestly, everyone on this mission probably could have sued NASA. This is what I'm thinking with Max. Because he was not supposed to be at space camp. Supposed to be junior space camp. He's supposed to be at junior space camp. So right off the bat, they didn't get a permission slip. No. To me, I think Max's parents are rich and they help contribute to space camp and they really don't care about their children. They're just like, go, you know, go. I just think when... Oh, you came to space? Okay, fine. Hey, NASA launched our kids into space on accident wouldn't it be great to have seen a scene where like the parents huddled around yeah. like where's my kid yeah right they why did my even, kid fucking they don't even spade? know they don't know they're no their parents are fucking dead they're at home ripping darts enjoying their quiet time and meanwhile it's okay 
Who's the fuss? Yeah, there's no cell phones back then, so they didn't even notify the parents that their kids are in space. Hey, I'm in space, okay? <laughs> I launched your fucking kids into space, all right? All right. I don't I don't think we had too much. Uh, there's no fucking water covering, in space. Yeah, covering. They do underwater. Stuff. No, I don't think they did underwater training. No, but they should have because astronauts do. Yeah, you would think. We just, we get this the training montage again, like real quick into the movie. It's really like quick. They, just, they don't even like, all right, we introduce characters, training montage. Yeah, throw them in the fucking pool. Yeah. There is no pool. There is no water. Actually, no, there is. There's a pond. There's that river in front of the shuttle site. Perfect. Well, Perfect. we, we got to get out of that. So, hey, Catherine, you know, I worked it out with the guards and I slipped them a 20 and uh, they gave me a Mickey. So let's go see that shuttle on this beautiful night. Oh, you went to the future. Great. All right. So we talk a lot about how great of a year 1987 was for movies. It was loaded. One of the best ever. Oh, yeah. So for our season finale pool check, we're going to find out what was happening one year prior in 1986, the year Space Camp was released. Hits that little white spot at the bottom. The year 1986 will be upon us in just about 10 seconds from now. Once again, for the 14th consecutive year, let's wish you a happy new year. We are each going to give you our five favorite 1986 movies. We've covered a number of 1986 movies, including Back to School, Chopping Mall, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Rad, Top Gun, and to be, and there's some more. Star and Trek 4. And to be transparent Ferris. with the cool sceners, there's probably like 10 more 1986 movies we've discussed on our wish list. So, Jim, you went first on Best Scenes. I'll go first, and I'll say, Howard the Duck. Fuck. I mean, it is not a good movie. Responsible for launching the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's memorable. We, we get Duck. Sex. We, talked, we get duck tits. Yeah. Talked about Jeffrey Jones, but it takes place in Cleveland. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson's in it. I mean, it is all around a really weird movie that shit like this doesn't they don't make anymore. We have to cover this, don't we? We probably do. We should. Such a weird, Fuck weird movie. movie. Based in a comic book. Takes place in Cleveland. Duck tits. That's all you need to know. Woo! Duck tits. <laughs> Woo! My number five is a movie I didn't come across till later on in life. And I don't think it, boy, I got real dramatic there. It's a movie I haven't watched until later on in life. <laughs> it's really fucking good. I think it's very underrated. It's a John Lithgow or John Lithgow, John Lithgow, however you want to pronounce it. The Manhattan Project. Oh, okay. Starring Christopher Calais, who was in Sleepaway Camp, which what a great movie. What a twist that is. The whole premise of this movie is his mom starts dating this guy who says he works at this laboratory, which you later find out he works for a weapons grade nuclear facility where he finds out this kid, smart as bricks, hey, this guy's up to no good shit. He's making weapons. So what does he do? He steals some highly potent uranium and plutonium, builds his own atomic bomb shaped like a soccer ball and goes to a school science fair in New York to try to win top prize at the science fair. Totally and then all of a sudden they, they, they discover that all this material is gone. They track him down to New York and have the capers ensue. And that also has a young Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City. So go check that out. I believe it's what isn't on Tubi. So check it out. What a great movie. The Manhattan Project. All right. My number four. The good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. I'm going Night of the Creeps. Tom Adkins. Man of action. Awesome movie. So basically as a college like fraternity initiation, a bunch of or a couple kids have to steal 
a cadaver. Well, the cadaver they steal is actually like an undead like zombie who's under the control of an alien parasite. And then it releases like slugs. So it's very much like Sliver if you've seen that. What is just an awesome like zombie movie, but with that whole like slugs element, it's super cool. Tom Atkins is like ultra cool and it's awesome. I'm really into that movie. So. Except not your number one horror actor of all time. Tom Atkins. He was mine. Not performance. I love we I just watched Halloween three on on Halloween. And Say that. And I watched Doc, Halloween one. Dr. Chalice, man. He's the coolest fucker. He's he's fucked all of those nurses. He's drunk. He drinks like his wife, his ex-wife even says to him drinking and doctoring, huh? She's like, he's awesome. He's the greatest. So my number four, and we covered it here on the podcast, one of my all time favorite movies. You will know this at season five premiere episode. Number one, it's the BMX thriller known as rad Rad. changed my life, made my mom go out and buy me my Huffy. What all do you need to know about it? It's a fucking eighties BMX movie. You have to have all seen it before. We've talked about it numerous times on this podcast. It's such a, a microcosm of the 80s like it's perfection and it never really got its dues in theaters it became a cult classic guys if you haven't watched it yet, great watch soundtrack. it soundtrack is great it's fucking how john Needham. farnham how need him sparks really great recycle footage in the hell track race uh martin apparee not in the hell track race the qualifier race the qualifier race it's where they play they thunder loop, in your heart just keep looping the same oh, it's so, the longest race ever and who would have thought to put bart connor the gymnast yeah. as the bad guy. Cool. Never made sense, but fucking awesome. My number three, we also covered Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Good Six demon bag. Six demon bag. Or as my girlfriend says, she loves Kurt Russell since we started that. She's never finished Big Trouble in Little China. She's like, and she doesn't remember the name. She's like, you know, that that 10 demon bag movie. I'm like, whoa. 10 demon bag? Whoa. As <laughs> I, You don't go beyond six because Egg Shen will be pissed. Yeah, he'll have to gather the three ninjas. So, yeah, Jack Burton, Porkchop Express, John Carpenter. What a cool movie. I mean, like everything so about good. it's so unique. There's nothing like this movie. Just very, again, we're, we're talking about Beetlejuice and, and movies like House and House 2 and Death Becomes. Or they're sort of their own weird thing. Big Trouble in Little China is sort of its own yeah. weird thing. It's one of the coolest movies ever. I agree. I love it. Kurt Russell's so good and everybody's so good in it. Yeah. But more importantly... Egg Shen. Yeah, the definitely best. Egg Shen. So my number three is a movie. I would Six like, demon, demon bag. bag. You take that 10 demon bag, you shove it up your ass. The one thing you don't shove up your ass is my number three movie. One of my favorites ever because my parents worked in the automotive industry. That's Gung Ho starring Michael okay. Keaton. Probably one of these movies that it, it's somewhat still What's relevant. When's last time you watched it? Gung Ho? Uh, probably during the pandemic. So like three years ago. It's, it is literally, I mean, you see the UAW, I think, is now back to work. They were on strike. But here's the synopsis. Small town Pennsylvania. Auto plant goes out of business. Japanese come in, buy the factory, try to do it a Japanese way. The American workers don't like it. Michael Keaton brought him in. He's been made to be a pariah. The Japanese are going to leave. He decides to go back, team up with the Japanese. He saves the town. Japanese saves the town. Awesome. George went. Perfect. Perfect description. My number two, Top Gun. We covered it. Come on. That's my number one. Yeah, it's amazing. But if you want 
and Adjacent also came out in 1986. Iron, Iron Eagle. God, another great soundtrack. Such a good one. My number two, we also covered this season. I'm pretty sure back in season number two, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Really? The one with the whales, Give everybody. That. Okay. It's That's pretty so, high. You need to watch four because it's part of the inner trilogy of two, three, and four. But yep, the one with the whales. I liked it. You have comedy in it when the crew is back in 1986, San Francisco. Hey, double dumbass on you. And it's so good. It's such a departure from normal other Star Trek movies. And then you follow that up with Star Trek five, the final shit. And it's <laughs> so bad. It's William Shatner going, I can direct. No, you can't. Don't <laughs> that toupee little tight. All right there, pal. Uh, Never direct again, but Star Trek four muy bien. Yeah. My number one, I've talked about a bunch, little shop of horrors. Rick Moranis, incredible. It's probably launched my love of like horror movies because you know, I'm two and a half, three years old when this comes out. I probably saw it for the first time at five or six and it's kind of a mild horror movie. Obviously, it's a, a musical. Yeah, just my my introduction into like kind of like spooky and type things and and weird sense of humor, sadistic dentist yeah. in the movie. So I will always be grateful for seeing Little Shop of Horror so young and getting me into these types of movies. Uh, honorable mentions, Aliens, yeah. Stand By Me, Blue Velvet for you weirdos out there. Heineken, fuck that shit. <laughs> Paps, Blue Ribbon, The Fly remake. Uh, Youngblood. The, Youngblood, there you go, man. You know who else was in that movie? I had no idea. Keanu Reeves. Keanu remember, Reeves is in fucking Youngblood. being in it. I just remember Rob Lowe is the main guy. Yeah. Swayze and then the coach's daughter. So sometimes, like, you know, I don't want to deprive you pool seniors, but this is, that's the type of movie where you're like, I kind of just want to hang out with Jim and just watch it. Yeah, it's And a not even one. cover it on the podcast. Yeah. Just like, we're just going to watch it. And yeah. you guys have to guess what we said. At this rate, you kind of feel the same way about Vision Quest. Yeah. Maybe we'll eventually cover it. I don't know. but uh, Well, I think Vision Quest, you had an idea for a certain... Yeah. Certain guest and yeah. it just never lined up. It's never lined up yet. It was Matthew Modine. So, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was actually his brother, Bill Bodine. So yeah. Bill Bodine. <laughs> I, there needs to be a Bilbo Baggins brother. His name is just Bill Bodine. We're going to have Tom Wopat on. <laughs> it nothing to do with it. <laughs> Tom, have Tom Wopat and on. And he, he playing horn. <laughs> Tom Wopat as, as horn. horn. <laughs> and he is champion. He is champion of young blood. Um, <laughs> Color of Money, we've talked about covering this forever. We need to pull Great this out of movie. our ass in 14. Um, back to School, we covered. Yeah. 86 is actually pretty loaded, too. 86, 87. For us, it's 86, 87, 94, 96. Yeah. Like, we're all super duper The loaded. bread and butter years. Okay, well, let's get uh, back in. So, we're going to re, we're going to make the re-entry window and make a big splash. Catherine, you got to get this flat spin down in time. Kevin, hit the button. I don't know. <laughs> Turn that down. What? Would you mind turning that down? Okay, okay. No sweat. You want space camp? No. My father wants space camp, but I want uh, my head examined. But it was worth it for the car, don't you think? Yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh-huh. Yeah. By the way, would you get your ass out of my parking spot? Oh. Yeah, right. Sorry about that. Critical question. I, I do a lot of these. I have two. So one, what type of camp would you want to go to? Like as in a child, as an adult. Well, I can tell you the one camp I went to was Tampil. I never wanted to go out in the oh, fucking no. nature Mr. again. Downing. They, Don't flush that. They bury Don't. the compost. God, dude. That you just guy picked up an apple and ate it off the ground. That guy yelled at there. me for trying to flush a shit. <laughs> what are you want to Why'd eat you it? shit at Tampil? You can't. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm not going to blow up your spot here, but Jim can't shit in public still. I can't, no. Still, he holds it until like he gets off work or whatever. Yeah. But you shit at Tim Peel. I did. I might have had some food poisoning. I ate downy recycled food. I ate food. an apple off the ground. I think I might have ate a pie off a fucking I, newspaper. I remember being real anxious about getting into the boat because it rocked a lot because they take you out. Yeah. Remember they take you out and they measure the depth of the water. Yeah. They just do the same shit every day for eternity. Uh. They had, 500 field trips a year to Tampil. Yeah. I don't even know where Tampil is. I don't even know if it's around anymore. I mean, I if you ask me where's Tampil, I'm like, he's in a fucking woods somewhere. Really? Where is Tampil? This is CNN Breaking News. What's up, guys? Editing Jim here. Had to find out where Tampil was because we went there a lot of times when we were kids. But what I found out is it's located in and around Lordstown, Ohio, and it operated all the way up until the year I graduated, the great year of 2000, which technically wasn't the first year of the 21st century. It was the last year of the 20th century. This is CNN Breaking News. The only thing I ever liked was the school bus ride to yeah, there. Right. Because you're hanging out with your friends, you're doing dumb shit. The kid, you're daring a kid to do something funny. He does it, like sticks his ass against the window. Trying to hold, hold a girl's hand at the uh the Hartford Apple Orchard. I remember the um, Camp Fitch. That was around here. We didn't do Camp, camp Fitch. Never went there. Yeah, so to me, I went to basketball camp. I went four years to basketball camp. But you just go for the day and then you go home and then yeah, you go back the next day. Yeah, it's a t shirt. T shirt was like, great. I remember thinking the concept of camp and going Going away and staying somewhere as a child was terrifying. I didn't want to be away from home because all the cool shit was at home. I remember even in high school and kids went to band camp and would go away and be gone somewhere. Like, I think our band went to like Edinburgh. Yeah. And like went and stayed in Edinburgh. You went to Scotland? (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking trip was this? High school marching band went to Scotland. Edinburgh University. Is there a local college? Probably. PA. It's probably now ITT. It's probably ITT. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, it always like made me. I was like, I don't want to go away to camp. That sounds so awful. Well, plus there's no TV. Listen, shithead. I want to watch Silverhawks and GI Joe. I can't do that shit at camp. So now as like, as a Wood, I think it's kind of, it probably still exists, but now I think it's been replaced with like celebrity cruises, which is like the, you go to rock and roll camp and yeah. Gene Simmons is oh, there. Bullshit. You can go to like, great, you know, play baseball with real former players, George and, Brett. But yeah, exactly. So now they have like the cruises. They have yeah. every, celebrity at least camp was 20 bucks yeah exactly which movie is more unbelievable from a logic perspective space camp or gravity because in gravity sandra bullock free falls from space for the entire length of the movie to me i will always say Gravity was a tech demo movie for 4K movies. I think you're right. That's all it was. That movie sucked. She falls from space for an hour and 15 minutes. It's a horrendous. It's not a good movie. Pinballs off of things and land and just lands on the beach and lives. Guys, if we ever cover Gravity, we're I'm never not. we're never covering another episode ever again. That, that'll we're be done. It. If we're doing Gravity, we're That's done. That's our last. That is our Don't Stop Believing Sopranos thing, where yes. it's like they did Gravity. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, uh, someone who would, who definitely would have not been uh, a positive for our mission cosmonaut david mccall hey andy you're here on daedalus okay i run this town you need some oxygen you know what you need to do you better give little davy a little flavor you know what i'm saying who's this little fucking kid all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere he says he can fit in daedalus well guess what you don't fit in daedalus because guess what i'm gonna do now i'm gonna fucking kill you it all could have been different mr walker should have allowed nature to take its course logic all of it everything the whole thank movie. you everybody <laughs> goodbye <laughs>
the whole movie. So, okay, I have like uh, large, I, instead of like specific, like, oh, there was a Coke cup there and it's not a, there anymore. It's not quantity. All, all of my logic in this is humongous fundamental logic. Like, <laughs> is Space Camp over now or do they finish their three weeks? <laughs> Space camp's supposed to be three weeks long. You can't really top this, guys. <laughs> Could you imagine that happened their first week? They get back, and they, all the kids are like, we're going in the simulator. Oh, fuck this. Catherine, you better pull up. It's like, <laughs> I was in space. Could you could you imagine? Like, all of a sudden, you're in the simulator with Catherine or Kevin or Tish. Be like, all they want to talk about, what was space like? What was space? These kids are not going to be able to concentrate. No. Where's the fucking robot? <laughs> Where's your dick, Jinx? Like, something. Come yeah. on. How can you top okay, that? Okay, and then an- another big one. And I'll let you I'll let you go. Yeah, go. So the first thing they did when they would they landed, wouldn't they disassemble Jinx? No, because Zach said he earned a can of oil. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm gonna give you a can of oil. Jinx is sentient, right? He's gotta be. Dude, he can run NASA. He can run and then Jinx, he launched the shuttle. Having the conversation with the other robot who's also sentient. So technically, when Jinx, like, I guess the equivalent would be Jinx takes his tits out. Yeah. And it communicates with the computers, launches the shuttle. He is sentient. He's beyond sentient. He controls nuclear arsenals. Yes. If two robots can have a conversation to find a one in a million way to launch a shuttle to get a kid into space, this is why people are afraid of AI. Oh, God. Because if they're doing this for good, because friends forever, friends until the end, talking about friends. So if they're friends forever, just out of a funny thing he goes into that computer room whips the jinx tits out and then he communicates with the computer he's like put max in space and then the computer's like there's no max in the space program he puts in like a fucking port and he goes he is now <laughs> so all i can think of is somebody some random person in nasa is scrolling through every astronaut ever in nasa you have like Virgil, I, Gus Grissom, Buzz Aldrin, Max. It just says fucking Max <laughs> as it's going. Found him. He's a, like, twi- he's a 12-year-old Max, boy. Max, Max. It's like, <laughs> Max, Max. It's going to be like, I think this is a fuck. Jinx put Max in space. <laughs> Got to get Jinx back or Max back. Okay, so here's mine. We get right into montage all the way. And this even annoyed me when I was a kid, and it still annoyed me when I watched it yesterday. You get this weird VO of Andy during the training montage where it's the most unnecessary VO you ever need. Because you physically see her talking to Catherine. You see her mouth moving, but she's doing a VO telling Catherine how to succeed at this when she could clearly be saying how to do it. It's the most annoying VO that you don't need. So when they all land, do they all get book deals? And like, how do they tell this story? Because it's like, well, as it turns out, a, a robot launched us into space. And then they all tell like their experience. Like, do these kids go on to work for NASA? Do they become astronauts? Yeah, this isn't a Capricorn one situation. Does Rudy open his fast food joint in space and become Pluto Nash? Well, we know that the press knows about it because we see the gaggle yeah. in Mission Control. Sure. This is absolutely unprecedented. I don't know what to tell you, Ray. Well, I got to give some statement. Standing right there. Well, look, all I know is I want that gallery cleared out. If you do me a favor, you take those kids back to space again. Nice. The president has to be told. He'll be back in 12 hours. How the hell am I supposed to keep a lid on this? People for 500 miles know the shuttle went up. Tell them the truth. We launched my wife and five kids from the space camp. They'll never believe it. Right off the bat, the presidents could be like, why is there Reagan's like, why is there fucking space shuttle? You know, I, yeah. they are probably the most, and this is where like Mirage Challenger, because Christy McAuliffe, yeah. 
the teacher. Sure. That's all you ever knew about it. And even to her credit, she's like, hey, listen, I'm just a teacher. These are the real stars here. Nobody cared about this. These kids not only have a book deal, they have movie deals. I mean, they're on every talk show. They peak. This is the peak of their life. They went to space. Unless they go back to space, their life never gets better than this. And they literally ride this for the rest of their life. You got to think out of all of them or it's Tish or Catherine are the only ones going back up. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or the government pays them all off and gives them NDAs. They say, we'll give you, you know, $5 million each. Yeah. And you are not to say a word about what happened. And then NASA probably has to do cover up to say like, how could they sweep that under the rug with all the, but they would have to say like, could have been like we were doing an engine test. We had thermal curtain failure. And so we had to launch Kevin. We don't need another NASA hoax. And we, yeah. And we sent it into space and returned it and that's it. Yeah. Max. Shut the fuck up. Well, Jinx will tell. That's why he has to be disassembled. Son of a bitch. They have the laziest process ever for selecting their roles for the space camp program. Yeah. Like Andy pretty much puts him in a row and just kind of looks at him and is like, you're mission you're, specialist. Number one. Yeah. You're the pilot. You're, oh, wow. Thanks, man. You know, my dad was telling me, what, what? Yeah. this might be the biggest logic point. And I touched on it briefly earlier. What happened to Hideo Takamini? I, yeah, that's good. Because he writes his own book yeah. and he's like, it should have been me. It should have been me. Damn it. By Hideo Takamini. Here's the thing. So Kevin basically steals Hideo Takamini's blue badge. Kevin was on the yellow team. Hideo Takamini. Hideo Takamini. Blue team. Kevin Donaldson. Yellow team. All of a sudden, there's 85 fucking teams of every different color. Hideo Takamini pretty much sticks out. Yeah. Not not in a racist way. Clearly a Japanese descent. And he said, Hideo Takamini. Right here. (laughs) Hideo Takamini. And he's like, it's actually pronounced Kevin Donaldson. By all rights, why would Andy be like, no? Yeah, no. You're clearly just trying to have sex with her. Mm -hmm. I need Hideo Takamini. Yes. Because to me, it looks and it sounds like this kid broke in. He already asked me, I need clarification. When he said nice boosters, was he talking about her breasts or her ass? I don't know. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. And you thought I was crazy. There are certain scenes in this movie where Kate Capshaw looking fucking fine. We're talking 80s bosoms and butts. Different era, different time. Like 80s long ass. So as she's walking by, it has to be ass. Because he doesn't get a shot of. Yeah, but if you call somebody's ass a booster, it kind of. But I'm thinking like ass thigh combo like the long ass with the thighs that's almost like a, a solid rocket booster I don't know, but nice boosters to talk about because he uh, didn't get a jug shot <laughs> jug shot yeah so you were talking earlier about when kevin's talking about the star wars stuff when uh and so annoying he says dark side real weird like when he's telling max that luke skywalker <laughs> isn't real like he puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable because he says like there's no dark side there's like, no dark side he says it weird there's no luke there's no force it's almost like Trump. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of. It, it's weird. There's no dark side. There's no force. <laughs> The worst Trump impression yeah, ever. Pretty funny. Use the force. How serious do real people take real space camp? Because uh, I don't know. The instructors in this movie are ultra serious. Because like again, when Kevin's fucking around and she's like, "You're dead, Kevin," and she's like real pissed. Yeah. I mean, it's like, listen, nobody is dead. You're, this is space. You're camp. paying to be there. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of money. Oh, so t- like, no, their parents are. Well, their parents are, but I'm. Yeah. It still should be fun. Yeah. And instead, like some. Of the instructors seem like assholes. Andy's all taking it real serious. She's, so, she's 
pissed because she's been passed up numerous times. And you kind of get a window into that when Catherine's like, why are you so hard on me? It's the whole, listen, it's hard to be a female. I'm getting passed up on. I see something in you that is part of me. It's like looking in a, yeah, she's like like looking looking in a a mirror mirror or whatever. So what the deal with airline food? What is the deal with, uh, don't eat it. Okay. In real life, how many kids that attend space camp end up as real astronauts? Oh, it's gotta be less than point zero 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 one way less percent. Yeah. One kid out of 10 years. Hideo Takamini. <laughs> Astronaut. Into space <laughs> eight times. <laughs> I, I want to read that book. He went to Saturn. Should have been me. Sandworms. Hated myself. So when Max has the oxygen tank and he's free floating into space, it looks like he's traveling at a tremendous pace, which he probably is. You got halfway to the moon. Yeah. And here's the other thing that drives me nuts about this scene. So logically it makes sense because Smacks is small. Smacks. <laughs> Max is small. I got wing throat. Max is smaller to get in, but with that bulky suit on, he's same size. Yeah. So it's tomato, tomato here. Yeah, that is weird because he's wearing an adult spacesuit so because they didn't have a suit on board. You don't have Max. a child suit. Does he have like a little kid crush on Andy or is it like a mother son feel? Because I kind of get know. weird vibes because Andy, come here, Andy. Yeah. Max uh, put Andy in space. <laughs> Andy must die. Max wants to fuck Andy. When? How would Jinx make that happen? <laughs> he whip his tits out. So here's the one thing that scary scene when Max on, she's like, goodbye. Max, he just sent him to fucking <laughs> die. Max, you're awesome. He should have laughed. Ha, ha, ha. That's what you get for telling me to run around. <laughs> That's awesome. Look uh, at my dick. So we watched Oppenheimer. Max um, wasn't an Oppenheimer. Ma- Max was not an Oppenheimer, but similar to what kind of how Oppenheimer set up. Imagine a scenario where a, a shuttle accidentally launches, goes to space, steals oxygen from a, a non not completed space station. Imagine the mountain of paperwork and the number oh. of, and the number of trials Jesus. that every single person involved would have to be on the stand to explain themselves. The, the worst of it being Zach saying, you launch these kids. I launch them where they die and we lose millions yeah. of dollars. Yes. What do you want me to do? I want to see Space Camp 2 that's just literally the aftermath of the event. We want to see the next year after the 87 Space Camp where like all these kids, it's the biggest like population ever to go to oh, space yeah, because camp. they would think we can go to hey, space too. We can go to space too. And then cat, the, all the kids have to be, there should be pictures. We just have to fucking heroes. We have to pretend to, uh, we have to befriend this robot and just ask yeah. him to launch us in space. Again, they had to have like stripped jinx for parts. Had to have. They had to have like frozen him in carbonite and put him out front in the lobby. Dude, he was hanging on a display feature. Yeah. Just fucking randomly. A $27 million piece of equipment just when he hanging there. That's what they're going to have to do with him now. Because yeah. Don't need him to accidentally launch anyone else into Johnny space. Five could save him. All right. What's the uh, legacy of this movie? I mean... In comparison to what I would call other space movies, not like aliens. I don't, you know, that's like a, a different kind of thing. Yeah. So like this and stuff like Apollo 13, 13, gravity, Apollo 11, Apollo 11. That's a successful one. Yeah. Stuff not like Apollo that. 18. No, stuff like that. I In, mean, interstellar, I, interstellar. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where to rank. It's not great. I didn't think it held up that well. I watched it a lot as a kid. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to like watch this often or anything. 
anything. I but. have it on. I have this on DVD as a two pack with War Games. Oh, that's awesome! It's a great. That's two-pack. a perfect two pack. That's like 2B. a perfect Sunday. I'm gonna just Afternoon. lay on the couch. Oh yeah. Open my windows in the spring and watch War Games and, and both space involve games. Ascension Computer. Yeah. War Camp. Space Games. <laughs> space Games War Camp. It's like Barbenheimer, but use the force. We we'll use the force. Dark side. <laughs> All right. Stick around for some plugs. Hey, this is Angela, your lifeguard, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. This is your lifeguard, Matt. Whether you're just dipping those toes or diving into the deep end with us, thanks for listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hi, I'm Rob Leonard, one of your lifeguards, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Scott Kuntz, uh, a.k.a. Tunza, and you are listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, guys, I'm Dana, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Shane Herman with the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. You're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, I'm TJ. Hey, you, over there. Get ready to dive into the deep end on the Pool Scene Podcast, baby. This is internet sensation Matt Liller. Here with the Pool Scene Podcast. Hello, Pool Sceners. This is one of your lifeguards, the American Zennial, Mike Kalenich. You are listening to the greatest podcast in town, the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Josh, one of your lifeguards. You obviously have great taste in podcasting and love to be entertained from start to finish because you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hey, this is Justin from Dead Ink Apparel, and you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. This is Fred Whitaker from Kitchen Knife Conspiracy and Undercover Juice Box, and you are listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Hello there. This is Rick Panning from the band December Sun. Now I'm just a boring dad. But all that aside, you're listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. This is Seth Fowler, and if you want to listen to a podcast, which is the number one podcast the United States Navy, you will listen to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog, and you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcast from, because we are there. And never forget to like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow on Facebook. Join the Pool Sceners group for exclusive content. You will get it there first. Instagram, Twitch, Threads, TikTok, and YouTube at Pool Scene Podcast. We are all over the place, so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime, anywhere. And as always... Back to Kevin. Final lap guy. Yeah! The final lap! Jim, go ahead and kick us off with our final, final lap of the season. So let's get weird. Let's get bizarre. Let's get beautiful. Kathy Bailey has spent the last 32 years preserving history. Okay. She's been doing a tremendous job. Okay. The history of her own urine, that is. 5,840 jars adorn her Dayton, Ohio home, a.k.a. Chudville, or for Seth, Chudville, and what experts are calling the largest urine collection in the country. But it's not all glamour. According to Bailey, keeping the collection growing can be a real challenge, often requiring her to bring jars along with her everywhere she goes. However, some residents aren't happy with Bailey's passion, but Bailey says they're just jealous. And here's a beautiful picture. I'll put it on our Facebook page of Kathy Bailey sitting around with jugs of her own piss. 
oh, for no. 32 years. What does that house smell like? Because this is literally in the main room of her home. If you're dating Kathy Bailey and you go over to her house oh. for the first time and you see 5,840 jars of her own piss, first off, where's her family? Second of all, I hope she's talking to somebody. And third, has she ever tried Jankum? Oh, no. Yeah. Has she? So does she categorize like this is like asparagus piss? Well, Kevin, I can tell you. Morning piss, nighttime piss. Kevin, like, you can tell by the colors here what she's drank yeah, and what that's like. Gnarly. Oh, here is October 7th. Not dehydrated today. I, I was going to say she needs to. Oh, uh, that's got that house got to stink. Drink some water or I think she cans peppers in the it piss. Piss peppers? peppers. I love those piss peppers, baby. Yeah, we got yellow peppers, green peppers, red peppers, piss Piss peppers. peppers. So that's gross. Yeah. I had a little bit of a, we'll call it the Target street date fiasco. So my daughter Clementine, there's a certain toy she wants. She's seen it in all the uh, Christmas ads. And last year, what, what what was the big toy last year we talked about? It was the the house thing. No, no, Gabby's dollhouse was Gabby. the year before. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ. I don't remember what it was last year, but yeah. I'm sure we chased that too. So this year there's a toy in all the catalogs she wants. It's going to be a rare sort of Christmas item. So we're in Target looking at other stuff and she sees one. I was wasn't trying to spend the money right then and there. I think it was like 25 bucks, but I figured this is probably the only time we're going to see it. So we go to self-checkout when we're at self-checkout and we're ringing out our other items, you know, the fucking alarm goes off, tells you the, the fucking, the employee needs to come over when the employee comes up. Cause it like basically shuts down You're the done. self-checkout. It almost, you feel like you stole something. Yeah, you did. I and, hate that. And you know, our kids were in the cart sitting and we were like passing them stuff. And I wonder if the camera thought yeah. we passed them something and like thought we stole so that's what I thought. So employee comes over, puts in her code. And when the screen pops up, it says, this is a street dated item. Cannot uh, sell. So this is October 27th. The employee says, do you want us to hold this for you? Absolutely. And my, you know, my wife goes, it says the street dates December 1st. You're going to hold this for us until December 1st. And a girl goes, oh no, I can't do that. Uh, God damn it. And here's the thing. If you fucked up the street date, you got to sell it to me. That's the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, because they have an item already. How like literally street date for December 1st, five weeks prior to when it's supposed yeah. to go on the shelf. That sucks. So I understand street dates. Yeah. I love when I, I worked at a GameStop in college and they asked me to go help out at this other store because the manager was doing all sorts of like backdoor deals with systems and yeah. stuff. And I remember going to that store and just being like, oh my God, because they had a store full of used copies of games that were not out yet. Yeah. And people coming into the store trying to sell me things that like weren't out yet. It's like, how do you have Madden 0504 link? Is yeah. that whoa? Yeah. And they were all like, well, they sold it to me here. And I'm like, yeah, like we can't even actually take this in our system because it doesn't exist. Yes, you dick. Yeah, just just bizarre. But I mean, I, I just think it's different with a toy. What is the point of a street date? Like yeah. you're holding these until December 1st to put them on the floor on December 1st. Pretty I, fucked up. I suppose I can try and show up there first thing in the morning on December 1st. <sighs> but flee she forgets it in um, three weeks maybe but just knowing that they have it in the back room for five weeks is crazy frustrating so as we saw today in the news alan ruck yeah we covered him in ferris bueller cameron fry or as kevin watched succession uh-huh. he was he was the oldest roy connor he, roy yes it was really i think, I think he is connor yeah. holy shit i pulled that out of my ass i'm proud of myself he flew his rivian which is a hundred and fifty thousand dollar like uh e-truck or an e-suv right through the side of a pizza joint and I saw did you see the, the 
security cam footage. He no. like pinged off a couple cars, went through an intersection and just boom. Oh, how? What? I haven't seen what happened with him or if he passed out at the wheel or what, but I just dude, saw the booked. video of someone on KFC barstool. Yeah. I saw somebody has like a cell phone and they're just like walking around the perimeter of the car and it's through the back of this restaurant. Yeah. Ain't it cheap. I hope Alan Ruck's okay. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. He really hit that at high speed. I mean, he, he's been very involved in the strikes yeah. and like, he seems to be a cool dude and a good guy. And so hopefully, yeah, hopefully he's hopefully all right. Okay. Hopefully there's nothing, you know, too crazy going on. And it was just a, I don't know. And then October was bad for celebrity passings. First, we lost Richard Roundtree. We lost Shaft. Shaft yeah. Then we lost Richard Mall, Bull from Night Court. Oh. The shocking one, though, Matthew Perry, 54, drowned in his own jacuzzi. I still don't understand. I know. I mean, I'm sure more will come out. I'm sure more will come out. And, you know, he went through his struggles with, you know, pain addiction yeah. and all that things. From what I heard that he was, you know, back on demand. I guess he sank millions in opening his own rehab center for okay. people who need That's a lot good. of help. So, admirable stuff. I mean, I also love Matthew Perry on studio 60 on a sunset strip. He was great on the West wing, but God damn man, 54. Yeah. That hurts. So that really sucks. All right. Well, that's a real somber way to finish up our season. season I will, 13. But I will say though, let's cheer it up a little bit throughout the month of Halloween. We did the, you know, 31 days of October, watch different movies every day where I tried to, I got a new job and working a lot of hours, but I will say just about every day of October, I watched a horror movie. I've never seen. I finally saw dream warriors. Nightmare on Arm Street Part 3. Holy shit, was Don't that awesome. No more. Absolutely. Song. So damn awesome. good. There is a documentary on the Nightmare on Elm Street series that is like almost five hours long. Yeah. Which I'm like, why? It's very long. Finally saw House. Yeah. House was incredible. Then I saw House 2. House 2, second story. Finally saw The Frighteners. Frighteners is, that fucking movie's a revelation. Bad CGI, but. It, I think it was ahead of its time, yeah, though, for awesome. what that was. Jake Busey. Michael J. Fox's final film yeah. role. But goddamn, month of October went through quick, and here we are, a month in it's some change away from the Christmas season where we will be covering some hallmarks. Yeah, I think we'll do some hallmark. I think we're going to do our hopefully our first ever Thanksgiving special. Yes. You should be able to guess pretty easily the Thanksgiving movie. I mean, there's one. Uh, there's I mean, there's one. a couple. There's a couple, but there's the one. The gold standard. Going to try and have some special guests in season 14. I think the way it's lining up season 14 might have the most guests we've ever had on during a season. That's what so, we hope. That's what we hope. It hope things line up. We have people from other podcasts on the episode. We have some oldies, maybe one or two or well, definitely one, maybe two members of the five timers club, the robe induction ceremony, which would be really fantastic. Hopefully Ro that works. I out. thought you said Roman induction ceremony. And I was like, <laughs> what are we getting into? We're getting Roman we're baths. Turning Jim's uh, studio into a Roman bathhouse. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to do some different things and um, I'm going to make Jim watch again some stuff he hasn't seen. Yeah, I think one of them is Greece. That's oh, Greece would be good. Greece. I've never seen yeah. my friend Mia, who lives like down the street with her fiance, was like, you're lying. You've never seen. I was like, I've never seen Greece. Apparently that's sacrilege. I've never seen this movie. It is. I'm going to hate it. I know I'm going to hate it. I I mean, it's iconic. It's, uh, there's know. like some raunchy stuff in it for being like a like a teen movie. Kind of. Yeah. It's good. I don't Stay, know. Stranded We're, at the drive-in, stranded a fool. We will see. Oh, I do Monday at school. All right. Well, well yeah, you're, you guys are going to see too what happens in season 14. Yeah. We're going to get through the holidays. Yep. And uh, show is growing. Everybody show is growing. Got some exciting things around the Cornell. Yes. All right. So until next season, Silencia. Friends forever.